Okay, Erev Tov. So we're going to we finish the seventh chapter of the Rambam in Marnevuchim. So the Rambam, at, at the end, if you recall, he mentioned this idea of of Aramarishon, that after he sinned and he was uh, Nazuf from Hashem, he was uh, distanced by Hashem. So he had children, but these children did not have the Tzelem and the Moose. And therefore, uh, he calls them, he would give birth to Ruchos, spirits, which he calls Shadim. And, uh, but they did not have the Tzelem and the Demus. And that's what he called them, all kinds of uh, destructive kind of people. People don't live up to the Tzelem and the Demus that they have. So it's clear that the Rambam's definition of Shadim are people, but who do not live up to the Tzalem and the Moose that they have. And remember, Shadim means like destructive forces. So, you know, I would suggest there's a lot of people out in the world today that are Shadim of that definition. And 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 it's scary, and it's... Leave it at that. So it would appear that the Rambam is of a singular opinion or very um, minority opinion. Because let's look. I just, there's a lot of Chazals. We'll just pick a few of them to show you. <coughs> Last week's Parsha. It says, Noach brings, He brought two of each animal. Okay, you'll bring into the ark to preserve alive with you. You bring a male and a female. Now, what's this idea? Mikol. What is this idea? Mikol hachai. Mikol hachai. And he says again, Mikol tavi. So that's extra. Mikol hachai, even demons. Even shadim. Filu shadim. So, that ain't people. <laughs> that ain't bad people, is it? According to Rambam, Shadim are bad people. One thing's for sure, he wouldn't save the bad people, would he? So obviously, right. So obviously, when you're talking about Shadim, it's a different kind of a Shadim. Now Rashi bases this on the Medrash Rabbah. We call a chai, we call boser shnaim afilu ruchos, even spirits nichnosim im noach elateva. Okay, Ruchos, Shadim, same thing. They had souls, but not bodies. So kind of spiritual, this is the ghosts, like whatever you want to call it. These are spiritual beings, but without bodies. Okay, so clearly the Medrash is defining this Ruchos, and that's what Rashi's picking up on. Even Shadim, Shadim, Ruchos, the same term, and they, that they were created with Nefashos, but not with Gufim. Okay, that, that's how Medrash is learning, though. It's what a shade is. Didn't Rambam say that it's just people who don't live up to their expectations? Yes, I'm saying it's a Machlokes. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking strange because this is not like the Rambam. Rambam's not like the Medrash, exactly. The basis of the dresher is clearly laid out. Mikol, the word mikol, is inclusive of something. And hachai implies that this inclusive element has an aspect of chai. So what does that mean? It's chai, we're including something, mikol, 
but not just everything, mikol hachai. So therefore, this means a nefesh, but not a goof. This would be ruchot, spirits. The standard Mephorshim on the side assumed this means shading and point us to another medrash that says that the creation of Shadis was incomplete. We said there's certain things were created just as Shabbos was coming, and so to speak, of course, it doesn't mean this, but there wasn't time to finish making them. Okay, not there wasn't time, you know, Hashem doesn't have to rest for time. But they were created at that nishtahin, nishtahir, here state. And most... Most of the poskim, uh, poskim, whatever, most of the commentators say that's what shadim are. They're nishtahin, nishtahir. They don't belong with people. They don't belong with malachim. There's something in the middle over there. And uh, they usually don't hang around. And that's why the Gemara, for example, in Bracha says you should not pray in a ruin because that's where shadim hang out. And shadim are the kind of people that can hurt you. Okay. So again, so this and there and there and there's Gemara's that talks about you know shadows are like people in certain ways, like angels in other ways, etc., etc. But the Rambam rejects this idea as demons, and therefore, as we said, he learns those words. So how's he going to learn this? The Medrash, so he could say it's allegorical. He could say it's allegorical, and uh, in a certain way. Uh, but, or he could say that this opinion, Amr of Hoshaya, is a singular opinion, perhaps. Okay, but clearly the Rambam, and then we quote the whole Rambam. Uh, but uh, the Rambam says he doesn't mean demons because he's saying that's what he gave birth to. Elsewhere, in a Mishavodah Zara, the Rambam says specifically the way we understand Shadim that they don't exist, and you should not believe in them. And that's his commentary on the Mishnah and Avodah Zarah. The Mishnah of Zarah says that the Shola says the Kenim Baromi, the elders of Rome, they asked, "Im ain if God doesn't want Avodah Zarah, lo Why does he just eliminate it?" <laughs> Now, it's an obvious answer, but Amr lehem, so they said, uh, If we didn't need it, God would have turned it out. But the problem is, they worship things that we need. <laughs> they worship the sun, the moon, the stars, the astrological, what do you call it? The zodiac. zodiac. Well, God can't nullify that. We're going to need it. We need them. <laughs> Should we get rid of the world because of the idiots? So, okay, so you just get rid of things we don't need and keep things we do need. He says, He says, If that would happen, we would be supporting the worshippers of those objects that the world needs. And you can say, Oh, see, these are truly gods because God did not destroy it. <laughs> it's not going to help. If we destroy a, a, a Buddha and whatever, fine. But we leave the sun, the moon, and the stars. Well, see, what are they going to say? Good. See, they must be gods because God didn't get rid of him. But we say God lessened our desire. What? We say that God lessened our desire in Avatazarah. That it should be more that, overwhelming, and now we don't have as much of a desire. Yeah, but he didn't destroy the Avatazarah. No, I'm saying we lessened our desire. Okay, fine. But anyway, this is the Gomorrah. 
The Rambam has a long, long commentary. So there's a little bit of English that kind of um, <coughs> kind of summarizes it. Uh, uh, they ask that uh, amongst that which you should know is that the perfected philosophers, I mean the normal people, do not believe in slumming, by which I mean talismanery, but sco- scoff at them and those who think they possess efficacy. And I will extend this to say this, because I know that most are seduced by this with great folly and with similar things and think they are real, which is not so. Even though the best of the pious in our religion think they are true, just being forbidden by the Torah, and they do not understand that these things are completely empty lies. We are commanded in the Torah not to do them just as we're commanded against lying. And these are things we have received great publicity amongst the pagans, especially amongst the nation which is called the Sabians. I know that. That's a nation that came from Avram, our father, peace upon him from his sons. They follow those sons' errors and rotten thinking. And they promoted and gave honor to the stars, connected them deeds and have no connection with them, wrote works, dealings with the stars and witchcraft, adjuration, spiritual astrology, things about the stars and demons! And old tales of magic and soothsaying and asking the dead and many other issues which the true Torah fights and cuts off being the essence of idolatry and its branches. What the Rambam is saying is that's not that the thing is that they exist and they have power and we're told not to believe them. He says they don't exist, they don't have any power. Finished. Those things have no power. So clearly what's he saying? Those are things shady. They're nonsense. They're not. That, that's a Rambam's position. That's, again, other Rishonim disagree with the Rambam. So maybe he would govern in a real Who's traveling where? Who's traveling in, in a room, maybe. Okay, so one second, Mark. Thus, he considers Shadim to be non-existence and nonsense and falsehood. One should not think they exist, but we're for him to be worshipped or paid heed to. Since we accomplished this Rashi and Chazal on the one hand and the Rambam on the other. So what, how are we going to resolve this? So perhaps Rambam would simply make this Medrash into an allegory as well. Okay, but it's really hard. It's really hard to do that because the midrash is rather explicit in its derivation, and that when it's being inclusive is something with spirit but no physical body. This would not include evildoers, right? So you can't say that he's saying it's allegory. Plus, if Hashem's purpose was to destroy the world, what sense of Hashem to command bringing evildoers into the ark? Maybe we'd say it's a reference to Ham, even so it doesn't work out because of the former thing. So you, either you have to say that he believes that this medrash is a das yachid. It's a singular opinion. And Mikol Achai can refer to other things and does not have to refer to the shadim. Okay, that is one way. Now, before we continue, Mark, go ahead. So it's not a medrash. It's a Gemara in Shabbos that said that you shouldn't sleep in a room alone because you might be seized upon by Lili. By a what? the mother, Lilith, the mother of the Shadim. Don't sleep in a room alone because you might you might be seized upon by the mother of the Shadim. Okay, yeah. So, so you, that's, that's, not, that's not even a medrash, that's Gemara. Well, but, but that doesn't matter. Okay. More medrash doesn't okay, matter. What would the Rambam say to that? It would be a problem. Either he's going to say it's allegorical. It's allegorical. That's what he would say. What's okay. the allegory? 
I don't know. Or maybe that's also a das. Or ultimately that's a das yachid too. Again, the Rambam generally, when if all possible, tries to be the rationalist, right? And not to believe in all this hokey pokey mumbo jumbo. Not to walk in dark alleys alone or something similar. Yeah, so that that's one there. Listen, there's huge machlokasim and major things in the Gemara. What's going to happen when Mashiach comes is major machlokasim over here. So, he, so, so now... We're going to have one shot. The Kutzker Rebbe tries to resolve and say, Elu ve'elu devrelo kimchaim. And this is a, a good chap, but we're going to see there's many questions on this chap. But he tried. Okay. Someone asked Rabbi Nachum Mendel of Kutz, the Rambam in Ormuchim denies the existence of demons and magic. That's also magic is nothing. He doesn't believe in any of that stuff. Yes, Yet in the Torah written, they shall no longer offer the sacrifices to Seirim. And that's kind of a, appears to be some kind of demon. Also, how can the words of Rashi be resolved that Noah was commanded from the mouth of Hashem to bring demons to the ark? The rabbi of Kutz replied, This, this, In days of all, demons and magic existed. But from the time that Rambam came and said they do not exist, Behold, Rambam is a posek, and they agreed to him as well in heaven, and established his words, halacha lemaisa, such that demons vanished from the earth. Wow. In other words, just Jeez. like the Anshik Nessus Hagadola were able to remove the Avodazara for the Yitzhahara for Avodazara, so the Rambam was able to remove the demons with his psak halacha. They should no longer exist. Wow. Now that's a very big chiddush uh, for the Katskarevi to say. In other words, it's very good. All the Midrashim. All right. That was before the Rambam. Now the Rambam says, "No, nah, we don't. They don't do us any good. They're out. They're out. They're out. That's, that's the psak." Okay. Now problem. I don't know that this really resolves anything, even though it's both cute and seemingly a way to say elu elu for the rationalist, the mystical approach. Mm. Problem this is, to my mind is that Rambam Meruchim and elsewhere did not really take a position on the present existence of demons, but on the existence of demons in the past as well. Mm. Right? In the parish Mishnais, he said they never existed. Mm. Okay? And that's what Avramavino said, that these forces didn't exist. Also, if you want to say the Rambam, if you interpret the Midrashim referring to demons allegorically, it means they never existed. Right? What would the Rambam do with the Pasuk about worshipping the Seirim? That's a type of demons. He would say that they worship the non-existent Seirim <laughs> and that one should not take this Pasuk and mean that they did exist but have merely forbidden to worship them. He says this explicitly above. He cites the Hasidim Mibnei Datenu who holds this belief and says they're wrong. Also, Rambam interpreted Midrash referring to demons and spirits allegorically, allegorically. So in answer to how to resolve it, one should have to apply one of the other approaches. But not only would he not be happy, but how rationalist is it to paskin demons out of existence? If he's a rationalist, they, they don't exist, right? And more than that, the Rambam said that the demons are people who don't live up to their potential. So it seems from the Rambam, they never existed. So what do you mean? He stopped them into existence. He clearly says they never existed. Okay? And if he stopped them into existence, then he could have said there were demons earlier. So that is not a great answer. So we're stuck, guys. 
But there's one more possibility. Rav Huttner. Now, definitely a very brilliant person. And a shtigl chassidish. But, uh, so let's see. In the, in the Sefer Zikaron that they wrote in his memory, he writes like this. In the declarations of our sage, we have found many indications of the existence of shading. This is a way to explain it. The statement of Avasar of Nasan is known that all that exists in the universe exists in man. That's, that, that's a, a famous Medrash. Yeah. Everything that man is a composite of the universe, and the reverse is also so. Whatever exists in man exists in the universe. Now, here's, here's the Chap. The power of imagination is found in man, correct? Oh, yeah. So that means there has to be a power of imagination in the world. Correct? Whatever is in the world is in man. Whatever is in man is in the world. With this power, man designs for himself a reality which does not exist at all in the universe. This exists only in the realm of imagination. Since this power exists in man, its parallel must exist in some creatures in the universe. Those creatures are the ones called shading. Theirs is an existence which is not an existence. Wow. When we say of something that is only imagination, we mean that nothing like it exists in reality. However, certainly for one who deals in human psychology, we investigate the activity of the human brain, for him this imagination is certainly full-fledged reality. This is a, thus, it is appropriate that Rambam wrote that shading did not exist in reality. And this does not contradict at all the declaration of our sages would indicate the existence of shading. So let me explain this a little there bit. Is, there, wow. Wait a minute. And there's another, uh, a lot of contemporary posts can say, I think we're kind of coming as well, so I remember, but the numbers say, if you worry about them, they exist. If you don't, they don't. So what's going on? So I would like to suggest the following. Martin might know a little about, about this. There are kind of psychotic people in the world, right, Martin? The people who hear things. Right? They see, see they see things, right? Hallucinations. Right, hallucinations. Now, 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 in his mind, are they real? In yes. His, his, Unbelievable. Okay. Would he think it's that real? He would like run away from them? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Could he even believe they beat him up? Yeah. And they tell things. They tell him to hurt himself. They tell him to cut himself. Yeah. And to... maybe jump off a bridge? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So that's the answer. Shadim exists. Of course they exist. They exist for people who hallucinate. Now, what does it take to hallucinate, Mark? Either you're born with a chemical imbalance. Well, you could, yeah, you're, give me, you're give me a few of the factors. How can, you, how can you say my father was so sick in the last few weeks? Yeah, he, he was, was hallucinating. Oh, exactly. I thought there were Nazis at the door of the room. They kept screaming, get them out of here. Get them Why don't you get them out? <laughs> no. Exactly. What would you say are like... Big uh, sources of it in general. Okay, so general is number one, drug usage. Okay. Drug usage is clearly susceptible. And they could have had drugs long ago. Ah, sure. sure. Right. Oh, drugs grow out of the ground, right? Sure, sure. sure. Right? It's it's cannabis sure. or other other yeah. things like that. Yeah. You don't heroin, think that access? Yeah. Well, where does where does heroin okay. come from? Poppies. 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 Okay. They must have some good homicides in those days, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Genetic. What else? What genetic. else? Genetic. 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 How can it be schizophrenic? You're susceptible. To How'd the first one get it? How'd the first one? Genetic. 
obviously he had there was some obviously some obviously some inbreeding and other things like that. Okay, now you think that could happen in the beginning of the world? Near the beginning, well, there was a lot of that. So, so, so you see that Adam could have had children who were psychotics. And they saw Shadim. So, the, of course, there are Shadim there, and the Shadim are very dangerous. You don't go into a room, you know, if you're a psychotic, it's not a good thing to do. Well, they say there was an expression, you're never alone if you're a schizophrenic. That's right. So, so the point being, so when Chazal are telling us these things, you know, you can, you can hallucinate these things, and Shadim are a, proud, a product of hallucination. And they could be very dangerous to the person. Or, if you don't believe in them, meaning to say, you don't hallucinate, you don't have to worry. And there were, you know, before medical science, before we, we had Martin all these terms, don't you think there were people like this uh, hundreds of years oh, ago, yeah. Martin? Sure. But they didn't, so what did they say about these people? And these people would say, I, I just saw, and they would describe a creature that looks like crazy. <laughs> and they think the guy's normal. Because I think people who hallucinate, it could be splitters, right? They can look normal, right? And then go nuts, right? Well, there's some people that you talk about the Jekyll Hyde personality. Yeah, but you have, I'm sure you have people like that. Yeah. You know, the guy, the guy, you know, can act normal, manic depressive, you know. Yeah. What I, I'm just saying, guy could be fairly normal. Remember, we didn't have terms in those days. No. Guy could be a big Talmud Chacham, right? Could be good in business and yet hallucinate. He could be the local uh, furrier, the local shoemaker, makes good shoes. I went into I went into the forest. You wouldn't believe what happened. And look, look, I, I got hit. How about some of the composers? It, Faust, yeah. with it, when it was, I forget what composition he had. Whatever. So, so therefore, that is, I think, is the best shot of explaining because it's in their mind, it's real. And if you have a lot of people taking poppies, it could be a whole city believing these things oh, yeah. are real. And, and they and they say that these things happen. But then again, do you ever really see one? Because they say, well, they don't go out of, when, unless you're alone. Why would it be? Why would it be alone? Two people not. Why not? Because probably both aren't psychotic. Right? If they're both not psychotic, you're gonna say, "I'm seeing, you're not seeing anything. What's the matter? You crazy?" But if the guy's alone, yeah, he could definitely get us because he doesn't really contradicting what he's saying. So this would be, I think, a very good answer. It's a brilliant to thought from Rob Hunter. I yeah, it's really good. Is this have any connection to when you have a dream and it might have reality, or is that something completely different? Well, a dream, you don't, you don't, you don't believe it's well, real when do. you're awake. But you're, no, but when you're some, awake, no, no. When you have a dream, some people when they wake up, they. They say that it's a real omen. Other, other an, an omen, that's, we're talking about people who are awake, conscious, and they're seeing See, things. Okay. Right? That is what we would he would call is a shade. You have a dream. Well, you're going to know the dream. It was a, it was a, no, it was, but you need to. It was a shady dream. It was a shady dream. But when you wake up, you know it was a dream. What power does it have but here, it's not, he wakes up, he's awake, it ain't no dream. I'm awake. And this could be Bigfoot. This could be all these things yeah. that are going on over here. And, and the people are really being honest. They're not trying to lie. They're not yeah. trying to trick you. How about the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> yeah, that, they all believe in those yeah, things. Yeah. So that would seem to be, uh, again, Rambam being the rationalist, 
but understands that the mind is capable of creating all of these crazy mishnahs. Yeah. Isn't it the, I think Gamara uh, Barakot, doesn't it actually tell you how to catch a shaving? Use okay, again, this is this is beyond Yeah, how you can know if there was a shade there, yeah. you see little chickens chicken in the <laughs> footsteps and all that. Yeah, yes, maybe totally that maybe yes. that's maybe that's some type of allusion to some medical what treatment that, like that we can give to <laughs> Okay, before we say goodbye to this thing, I just want to briefly in this safer here. He, he just summarizes the seven chapters. And it shouldn't take more than two minutes. Wow. The bullet points of the seven chapters. Try to get a flow okay. of what's going on over here. So, um, first of all, the whole idea of the first seven chapters is dealing with the pathway that man makes towards Hashem mm. with his human understanding and his ability to try to appreciate things that are um, nister. In the, in the divine world. That's how man can try to approach God. So he started Perkal, Selim and Mus, which means, what does that mean to say? Not really in Hashem's image, but intellectually with Hashem's abilities. Now that makes it possible for the human being to approach the truth to some degree. And therefore, because it comes from Hashem. And therefore, a person has a tremendous mental capabilities and he can use that in many ways that a regular person may not, and this is against the regular secular psychiatrists or, or people who deal with the mind who say we're very limited. We can only understand what we observe. And if you have God's ingenuity, that's divine wisdom. That means you have more than the regular person has and you have a capability of appreciating a little bit about Hashem. Why is it so hard, the second chapter? Because after he sinned, he didn't know Emes and Sheker, but Tov and Ra. And that makes, that now limits whatever he had, which was amazing, but now it's been limited to a great extent uh, because now he begins to maybe believe other ideas might be correct. Third chapter, when he talked about uh, Tumuna and Tavnis, he says the idea of Tumuna is not an actual picture, but it's the object of the concept on which the intellect is applied to. So I have a picture of what I'm thinking about. And chapter 4 as well. We talk, Ra'ah, he beat Chazah. That's the method of obtaining Seichel. How you process things, not seeing it actually, but understanding the concept behind it. Then the fifth chapter said, when you want to have this idea of searching for the truth, you have to re- realize you have to, have to be a person with proper meters, proper intellect. You don't rush into things like Dustin, uh, like none of an Avi who did. Don't try to use your schema of physicality. Try to understand Hashem. You've got to understand there's a lot of barriers there, and you have to be slow and steady and develop your own personal ways of uh, of, of of assimilating knowledge. And the sixth chapter is Ish and Isha, which we said is the human dialectic, as we said, Kabbalistically, between Chachma and, and Bina, Abba and Ima, to be able to process things. And then finally, we're up to the Yelet, that's the fruit of our thoughts, which is a result of putting the Chachma and Bina together, and now having Das. And that's, and how did we develop that? And ultimately, it comes from what? Not just being born with it, but you have to teach it to others. And that's how you're going to get this das. It doesn't come by itself. You have to be taught 
by someone to reach that state of das. So if you have this kind of das with the limitations of tovarah, and we understand we're only, not talking about just physical understanding, but it's more mental understanding. So this is how you can approach understanding God to some extent. And when we're going to get to Maisa Merkava, Maisa Breshis, which are things that are way beyond most people's pay grade, you still have the ability to get to it. So do you want the report card now? Hmm? What? On what? Our progress. Oh, the report card. Okay. Seven chapters down, 171 to go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Now, isn't this the whole... Well, yeah, okay, but we did an introduction to I know, it. I know, I know. Yeah. Isn't this the whole thing, though, is that you started off with a complete package. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, after the first sin, now you really were descended down, and now you need so many other tools to, come back. to deal with the wisdom of Hashem. It's ridiculous, and that's what the whole safe was sort of about. Yes, and there's so many ways to fail right. in understanding. Because initially, when you only had Emerson and Schechter, it was it was black. So and now black. all the philosophers can be in the world of Ra, yeah. thinking they're in the world of Tov, wow. and that's and they don't, and they don't understand the allegorical ways of understanding the Torah. Okay, perfect. We start chapter eight next week. Amir Hashem. What? Wait. What? Oh, Halloween. <laughs>